Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Welcome back to the other stories. My name's Luke Condor with K. I'm glad to have you here with us for a, another jam-packed volume opener. This month we have a bonus flash fiction story and also a sneak peek at our new D&D podcast, Monsters in Madness. But before all of that, I hope you had a smashing time loitering around the smoggy and stinky streets of old Victorian England. But now it's time to change into something new. To reach deep into our belly buttons and to keep reaching deeper, head first, using our hands to tear the buttonhole wider, wide enough to fit our faces and our shoulders and to keep pushing until we reach deep enough into ourselves to grab hold of our DNA strands, unwind them and to stitch them back together in the most peculiar of ways. Time to climb up and into the dark corners of our bedrooms and envelop our bodies in crusty shelves inside which we will melt down and re-solidify in new and bizarre forms with winged backs and skittering mandibles. Time to wake from uneasy dreams and find ourselves transformed in our beds into gigantic insects who are also travelling salesmen, and also disappointing sons. And worst of all, we're late for work. What I'm saying is, my dear Power Rangers, it's that it's metamorphin time. Welcome to volume 78 of The Other Stories, Metamorphosis, part 2. If you're a long-time listener, you might recall our previous take on this theme in volume 4. That was six years ago, my god. Uh, I still remember writing the kissing game story for that one I can't believe that was six years ago I was a different person I have since become something strange something different uh, we have a bumper edition of uh, 
this theme this month with an extra episode thrown in just because we had so many incredible submissions and so many incredible stories uh, we had to extend the theme out on storytelling duties we have Manny Real Guy returning author Daniel Wilcox John Mansfield KJ Shepard Alexandra Elroy and Mariska Pichette along with narrators James Barnett aka Jimmy Horrors himself Justin Fife, Josh Curran Alexandra Elroy and Eric Ventura and of course on editing duties Carl Hughes and Duncan Muggleton in Patreon news we have four new superpowered students forward slash soldiers in the fight to take over the world prepare to taste the rainbow smell the dream and welcome to our superpowered Patreon team Jackson Puffer uh, Jackson hasn't slept a wink since the day he was born he operates whilst you're sleeping and in fact can send you to sleep at will he can step into your dreams at will, can incept ideas into your head, can make you do that thing where it feels like you're falling over in a dream and you bounce back up to being awake. I hate that. Don't mess with Jackson, is what I'm saying. We also have Taylor Williams, who has predator vision. And by this I mean Taylor can see through the eyes of any nearby predator, a passing hawk, a prowling stoat, or a wild and mighty wild tiger. You don't get that many tigers in the wild around here but if they were Taylor could see through the eyes of it <laughs> Katie Morris can melt flesh simply by tweeting about the person she'd like to melt so watch out you don't want to end up in Katie's mentions and finally Lawson Duvier who can teleport himself and people around him to the moon at will the next time you see the moon out and proud in a clear night sky take a peek and you just might spot Lawson giving you the finger. <laughs> he could just be waving. He doesn't just give the finger to everyone. <laughs> Maybe he does. Anyway, thanks very much for becoming patrons. You guys will get access to monthly exclusive episodes, regular regular episodes a week early, along with access to the Hawk and Cleaver library of ebooks and comics. We're actually due to give that an overhaul shortly, as we've recently redone an entire website. So if you've not seen that yet, that's theotherstories.net. Our latest Revolt episode is Gutter Press, written by Ross Baxter and narrated by Manny Real Guy. And here's the logline. Searching for a great cover story to drag a struggling London newspaper out of the gutter can be a dangerous thing in the 1880s, depending on the type of hack involved. So yeah, you can get that either by becoming a patron and you get the monthly Patreon exclusive episodes, or if you're on Apple, you can use the Apple Premium Subscriptions option. Um, we love you either way. Okay, on to some real meaty action for the volume opener. Every now and again, our incredible Facebook admin Joshua Boucher runs a flash fiction competition. He posts the theme, and the writers in the Facebook group all write a short story, and the group then votes for their favourite. Today's winning story was Hatching Season, written by Amanda Lang. Congrats, Amanda. And we have a special reading today performed by Josh Curran. So, Hatching Season, written by Amanda Lang and narrated by Josh Curran. A hesitant sunrise peeks between budding trees and the ancient bell tolls somewhere in the forest, signalling the start of hatching season. Throughout the village, giddy children in tattered finery ready their baskets, while gaunt parents pry winter boards off front doors and unlock heavy deadbolts. 
remember, check the secret places, the dark spaces, the parents whisper, smiling around, chittering teeth, making a great game of it all. Dangerous. Sinful. Necessary. One by one, the children tiptoe outside their clawed, ramshackle cottages, blinking, remembering the warmth of the sunshine. The deceitful scent of apple blossoms haunts the air, and though the children were warned not to linger, they spare several heartbeats to simply breathe. Hurry! The parents cry. The child who finds the most wins a special goodie. And the hunt begins. Skipping, softly frolicking, raising their voices to the precarious edge of laughter, the children spread outward. Some enter the hushed forest while others explore the forgotten ruins, the splintery husk of the chapel, the schoolhouse with its weather-sunken roof, the marketplace of shattered windows and barren shelves, the charred remains of the gas station. Small hands, sharper eyes, the children fish through the debris of altars and storm cellars. They squeeze beneath the rubble of collapsed memories and into sewage drains, probing grimy nooks and haphazard crannies for glints of iridescent colour. In the burial yard, they weave between shallow mounts and homemade grave markers. In the forest, they search tree hollows and burrows, tangled nests and cowering bones of extinct woodland creatures. All the while, fathers stoke hearth fires and mothers watch from anxious doorways. Found one! A four-year-old with uneven pigtails shouts from a shattered greenhouse. She reaches inside an overturned flower pot and uses both hands to hoist the egg. Nearby children stop and stare in terrified awe. Big as a cantaloupe, with a bumpy, vaguely reptilian shell, the egg shimmers, dancing a lovely prismatic radiance across their dirty faces. Something shifts, wetly within, squirming. The girl's eyes squirm too, and she enjoys another honeyed breath of unseen flowers. Extinct birdsong warbles brightly in the space between her pigtails. Bring it here, the parents call. Quickly! But the girl dilly-dallies, grinning. Other voices summon her, echoing inside the birdsong inside her head. Tiny-tongued and musical, they whisper, Don't hurt us. Play with us. Help us seed your planet. The egg cracks in her hands, hatching already. Iridescent shell crumbles away, revealing a slick inner membrane. Something pokes outward. Squealing, tickled, the girl drops the egg into her basket. As she dashes toward a cottage, those heady springtime perfumes intensify. The birdsong grows desperate. Silly thing says it loves me. (laughs) The girl giggles, offering her basket to a waiting mother. More cunning every year. The woman shudders, then rushes half-side and appends the basket. The egg tumbles out. Pitiless flames flare, and a tiny hand bursts from the shell. Five human fingers, a chubby infant arm. The entity reaches outward even as it blisters and burns, shrieking like a hysterical newborn. Then silence, 
The mother returns the basket to the delighted girl. Outside, another child shouts, Found one! And the hunt continues. And to end today's opener, we'd love for you to check out our new D&D podcast, Monsters and Madness. Now, I know what you're thinking. D&D? What's that stand for? <laughs> Dogs in, in dweebs? <laughs> no, actually. It stands for Dungeons and Dragons. More than that, though, it stands for action, suspense, drama, and balls to the wall, bleeding hearts, white knuckles, storytelling. So if you love any of that, then this is most certainly for you. Now, in this campaign, neither Dungeon Master nor Dragon Player knew what they were about to embark upon, so listen in as the party of noobs pester the Dungeon Master Lewis with ridiculous questions, side questions, and the occasional dicey manoeuvre. The full version of Episode 1 is out now over at Monsters of Madness. Just search for Monsters of Madness on your favourite podcast app, or check the show notes for our super handy link. And if you're still not sure, well, how about this? Stick with us for a quick ad break and listen to a special preview of episode one. We'd love for you to come along for the ride on this journey of epicness. So, until next time. Welcome everybody to Monsters and Madness, a Dungeons and Dragons adventure featuring some of the members and friends of the Hawk and Cleaver community. We hope you enjoy this little campaign we've made for you guys, filled with action, filled with suspense and hard-hitting questions, such as what is good and what is evil, the value of another person's life, and of course, most importantly, who gets all the magical items. If you're new to Dungeons and Dragons, or you've never played a tabletop role-playing game before, don't worry, as pretty much all of the cast haven't played one either. Unfortunately, we did have a bit of a microphone issue in our first recording session, so apologies in advance if you hear any odd breaks or cracks in the audio. But, without further ado, let's get this adventure started. I would like everybody to introduce themselves and their characters. Uh, Daniel, can you please start us off? Sure, yeah. I'm uh, So I'm Daniel Wilcox. I am uh, one of the co-founders of the Other Stories podcast. I'm a uh, author. Uh, I write novels and books and short stories. Um, and yeah, my character is a bard who is a dragonborn, is my race. And my name is Europrax Tempestis III. Um, and you'll find out a little bit more about me. So I'm just going to leave it there. But I spit acid, which is lots of fun. Excellent. And then I'll hey, pass the baton over to Carl. Hello. So I'm Carl Hughes. Um, you'll be able to hear some of the episodes I've edited uh, at the other stories, uh, some which have been written by members of the party here. Um, apart from that, um, I produce music. I do various other bits and bobs for Hawk and Cleaver as well. Um, so for this, I'll be playing a character called Finn Ironleaf. Um, he is a half-elf who studied at, studied at Montfuel University. Um, and that's all I'm going to say for now. So I will now pass it over to Andy. 
Hey everybody, um, my name is Andy Conduit-Turner. I write in a number of formats. Um, you may have seen some of my um, short stories on the other stories over the last couple of years or so. Um, I will be playing a tiefling rogue by the name of Scamos Nowhere. My background, well, that's uh, no one's concerned really, nothing important, nothing to take note of, just, uh, just a guy going about his regular non uh, non shameful non uh, on the run from any one type of business i guess so uh with that note swiftly over to john hey everyone uh, i'm john crinan i'm a writer and podcaster uh like some of the other members of the party i've written a few short stories that have appeared on uh hawk and cleaver's the other stories podcast and uh in this campaign i'll be playing a dwarven fighter called oran hammerhand Excellent. And my name is Lewis Hay, and I will be the dungeon master for these adventures. Uh, I haven't done much for Hawk and Cleaver, but uh, me and my best bud Dan here did write, and I illustrated the Wonster, which I believe yes. may have been one of Hawk and Cleaver's first ever children books. It was, and a fantastic one at that, if I say so myself. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Bailey Stop enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, good. As long as Bailey enjoyed it, that was the important bit. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to dive into it? Let's yes. do this. Hell yeah. All right. So we begin our story on the Sword Coast, a vast coastline over a thousand miles long and almost dead straight. Here you'll find bustling cities that prosper, such as Neverwinter, Baldur's Gate and the city of Waterdeep. Each one of them is a perfect place for an adventurer to carve out their own piece of history, fame, fortune, wealth, power, anything. However, it's not all fame and fortune, as this realm is dark and unknowing. Untamed woodlands, evil and corruption lurking in almost every shadow, ruins of civilizations lost to time, and the ever-present threat of monsters and beasts. Though some brave heroes in the past have fended off this evil and become beacons of light for the people, with every mote of light that ever existed, there is always the constant threat of it being snuffed out. You've all come from different walks of life with different goals and dreams. However, all four of you have one thing in common. You've heard this kind of calling, this kind of pull in your mind that you were meant for more, that you were meant for greatness, for fame, for power, for to be called a hero, if you can believe in such a silly word. And through sheer circumstance, the four of you have each heard whispers of a nearby town called Russellton, which has become some point of uh, kind of like a gathering hub for young heroes to kind of test and hone their skills. This little town of Russellton is very close to what's known as the Tradeway, a long stretch of road which connects all these major cities on the Sword Coast. So, of course, it was a no-brainer to go there. Each of you began your journey at quite a similar time and all ended up walking along on this same road together, heading to Russellton. And with the obvious sense of safety in numbers, you began to travel as a group, which came in handy because the first night you saw yourself facing off against a wild pack of wolves. However, victorious and managing to fend off these wolves, you decided to call it a night there and gather amongst the fire and amongst the stars around a little campfire. In the dead of night, you heard someone approaching your little kind of campfire and little kind of nesting area that you'd made just off the tradeway 
and you uh, stumble across quite a large burly half-orc of the name of Grimmel, who was currently being hired by a two, uh, a nice little elven couple known as the Oaks, who had hired this uh, large hulking half-orc to uh, safely get them through the woods as well and through the tradeway. With a little bit of uh, convincing and promise of whatever you were cooking on the fire, uh, this Grimmel and the uh, Oak family decided to spend the night with you and shelter next to your campfire. You guys traded some stories and had a laugh about when you were kids and finding scrolls hiding in the woods amongst the creeks. And with that, you guys all kind of drifted off to sleep. You wake the next morning and you are surprised to see that Grimmel and the Oaks are not there. Bastards. Scarford. We shared our meat with them. We fed them from the goodness of our hearts, from the scraps of those wolves, and they buggered off without leaving any message. Oh, uh, let's not well, be too on. hasty. Yeah. yeah. What about... Is anything of our is any of our stuff missing? I was just uh, about yeah. to say. Yeah, you go through your bits, and as far as you can tell, nothing's been taken. Good. Are there? Yeah, I'm not. Are there um, any tracks? Are there any signs? Have they left anything behind? Ah, okay. Well, looking around, you do see that there is a little scrap of paper that has gently been placed atop a scarf. Two scarf. <laughs> Who's wearing Shall a we, scarf here? Is there anything upon this paper? Should we have a read? I think okay, yeah, I'll go, I think that's I'll the go over choice. and pick up. Yeah, I'll go over and pick up the note. All right. Uh, it seems to be, uh, from what you can imagine, and judging by the little signature at the end, it is from the Oaks themselves, that, that nice little elven couple that you uh, bumped into. It simply reads, I'm really sorry. Uh, Grimmel insisted that we kind of pack up and head off for the crack of dawn. and We didn't want to wake you. And, you know, we are paying him to get us, you know, safely. Uh, if you ever kind of find yourself in Russellton and maybe we'll bump paths again but uh, as a thank you for letting us share the campfire and keeping us safe throughout the night uh, uh, we knitted you this uh, please take care, please be safe and of course as you probably already know the woods are a very dangerous place and it's just addressed at the end, the oaks what a I mean, class act that family is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a nice gesture, but one one scarf among four people. <laughs> Could she made like one glove for each of us? Surely that would have taken as much time as the scarf. <laughs> when did she uh, knit this scarf? Do we think, guys? <laughs> yeah. And Grimble has a very light step for a for a half orc to sneak away in the nut in the. <laughs> so, so if they <laughs> if they left at the crack of dawn. Uh, can I? Can we look at the sky? Like, what kind of time is it now? Do we? Do we imagine? Uh, you reckon it's a couple of hours off? You reckon it's been sunny for a bit now? If you had to vary a guess, maybe nine-ish, maybe ten-ish. Quite late. Well, I mean, as I'm over at the note, I've obviously walked over to the note. Should I put on the scarf, guys? Do we want to? Uh, it's not wear it. It'll what, get caught what in my What color is the scarf? Oh, the scarf itself is uh, a very nicely knitted, actually. It's quite high quality, but from what you heard and what they uh, told you last night, they were tapestry workers and they were, they uh, you know, uh, working we can do in textiles. Give them 
at least we can do is give him some advertising. Um, yes, I believe you should you should wear it. Okay. Can I can I'm I gonna... do a check for any enchantments? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, you can. Uh, just roll up a straight up in Karna. Uh, just while I'm doing this, a note for people listening: this is a lot of our first times, so or we're quite early into D and D, so this might take a little bit of going. Which which this... uh, dice am I rolling? Oh, right, you're rolling straight. the D20, buddy, the big, the big chunky one, the big 20-sided one. And this is our first roll of the campaign, technically. Four plus two. <laughs> Six. Six, okay. You know, it's... You're not sensing much. I mean, it's a really nice <laughs> scarf. I think you reckon that these, uh, this nice couple, the Oaks, you reckon they're going to do good if they manage to get enough coins to start their own business. Uh, it's a beautifully knitted scarf. It's a... Uh, it's almost like an icy blue kind of colour. It's up to you, Dwarf. Yeah. I like that that role essentially just uh, allowed you to sense that it was a scarf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm no sense it's definitely a scarf. A scarf. <laughs> I had my doubts. <laughs> I'm going wear to wear it, the scarf. Wear it, wear I'm putting it, on the scarf. What colour was nice, I, I missed what colour nice. it was. It was a, it's like a lovely icy blue. Yeah, as long as it's red. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do do we need to roll to see that it looks good on him or not, or are we good? <laughs> Whether it suits him. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make you roll for that. No, uh, he's more of a winter, so he's more of like a deep dark color. Like he's he's better with like the dark blues and purples. So this kind of nice icy light blue does look a bit odd on him. Because okay. he's uh, Should... probably quite leathery, earthy tones to his uh, his normal outfit. But yeah, I mean, I've seen better. Um, it's a it's <laughs> dwarf wearing a scarf. <laughs> Should we pack up our things and head back on the road? Potentially head over to uh, Russellton. I think we've Let's got to head on our merry way. Yeah. So now I want the scarf. <laughs> is this is this the goal of the campaign for everyone to have at least one scarf? We're going to hunt yeah, down just, the orcs until we get three more scarves. Just do them favours. <laughs> it's a side quest. It's a side quest. It's a good marketing strategy from them, to be honest. Yeah, if we do good work wearing their clothes, their business is going to get off to a flying start. So we'll look them up when we get there. I'm going to see if they can get me a hat. I think hats suit me. But anyway, <laughs> shall we pack that, our gear? Yeah, that's how I got given my uh, bike in Pokemon, by flashing it around for people to see. <laughs> That was an oak as well. It was. <laughs> there, there, there's an oak there as well. Oh, God, it's all coming together. Maybe it was the same guy. Oh, God, you figured it out. This was just going to be an elaborate <laughs> Pokemon adventure. People would crack it. <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys pack up your stuff. doesn't take too long. Just kicking out the, uh, the little embers of the fire to make sure that they're definitely out. Just your bedrolls and normal gear that you would have for roughing it out in the wilderness and with that you guys continue heading down the tradeway okay Okay. it is quite a nice clear kind of crisp morning uh no clouds so it's like a nice bright and the uh light is cutting through the uh the leaves of the trees quite nicely and rippling across the pathway as you uh, make your way through Anything you guys would like to talk about or discuss as you kind of journey on to Russellton? Um, I'd probably ask uh, Oren to keep his eyes open this time and maybe not let us get waylaid by wolves. 
So if you could, if you could just do that, that'd be amazing. I'm on it. I am a little bit distracted by this scarf because it doesn't really sound like scarf weather to me, and now I feel pretty self-conscious about it. But it I'm is, owning I mean, it. We well, call it a pashmina, so it's the, we're good. <laughs> yeah, as you kind of continue to walk along, uh, Oren, you do notice this scarf is very, very cosy. Oh, okay. It's got a little bit of, got a little bit of weight to it, almost like a, like a comforter blanket. It's quite nice. I'm enjoying okay I'm enjoying it even if it clashes I'm a little bit self-conscious but yeah. I'm gonna keep rocking it you've probably got to. a couple of beads of sweat on the back of your neck but you're not letting it bother you <laughs> you've Actually, got to commit to your bit yeah it works quite well because this room that I'm in right now is roasting <laughs> excellent <laughs> I mean I'm just I'm just grumbling because I don't I don't have a scarf myself like, how seriously, long is, who, who makes one scarf for four people? How long is the scarf? Can I, uh, is it if it's like a long, like Tom Baker, Doctor Who type thing? Maybe we can drape it across so that I don't just get the benefit of it. <laughs> it is quite long. It's not. We're not going Doctor <laughs> Who, Tom Baker long, but it is quite a long okay. scarf. Okay, I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Bring it near me. I'm spitting acid on it. <laughs> All right. As you guys kind of give Oren a bit of a ribbing for wearing a wearing a scarf in this nice weather a uh, you're all surprised to see a female character a female figure fall out of the uh, wooded areas along this pathway and she just comes straight up falls over and collapses to the ground almost like stumbling out of the bushes well let us rush haphazardly to her aid then <laughs> are you doing that? Uh, absolutely I'll, I am I'll one of my characters one of my character's flaws is that he is terribly impulsive. Doesn't necessarily think things through. Sorry, guys, you landed with me. So <laughs> I'm I'm dashing I'm dashing in with a uh, to see what what's what's wrong. All right, Scamos, you rush over to this uh, female figure, and as you approach her, uh, she's kind of haphazardly falling out, and she's almost like fainted or collapsed. But as you kind of get closer to her and kind of lift her shoulder and roll her over, you notice that uh, she is she's beautiful. She has very delicate features that would probably put some of the uh, some of the ear elves that you've seen in your past to shame. Uh, her skin is like a almost like a darkish brown. And on closer inspection, it's not just the dark brown. She's made of wood. Is she missing a scarf? <laughs> yeah there are goosebumps on her neck she's desperate for a scarf no she's not missing a scarf but as you continue to look at her her skin is almost like has like a veneer to it it's got the lines of wood and like notches in it her hair is this kind of very dark green color she also has antlers protruding from her forehead and her dress itself seems to be made from leaves, its leaves and uh, twigs. Ah, uh, your standard uh, wood antler lady. I've seen this before, gentlemen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, let, let's. Is she is she conscious? Can we speak and ask if she's okay? Uh, no, she is currently unconscious. Uh, in that case, then we should see if we can rouse her, drent, uh, just gently, just see if we can give her. 
nothing too rough, just a little shake. Make sure it's nothing too forceful, and see if we can we can we can rouse her at first before we do anything dramatic like carry her and try and move her. In case of a neck injury. Excellent. So uh, as you try and rouse her, you notice like as you give her a little shake, uh, she's almost like she's peeling her the skin on her arms. Although she always has like her face and like. Her neck and chest is quite like a nice darkish tan color and wooden. Her forearms, her fingers, her hands, like her limbs are almost gray and whitish. And as you kind of shake her to rouse her, some of the bark on her arms and legs kind of crumbles away, almost like a really old kind of wooden window frame where the paint is starting to peel off. I am not skilled in, in healing dryads or similar creatures at all, my friends. I mostly rob and kill people. So, um, does anyone here have any healing abilities? Should we keep the guy that burned down the bar away from the wooden chick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Who has I've healing got, abilities? I've got two axes, so I'm going to... I'm going to wait. You can't see those. We are screwed. Uh, I, I'm kind of just checking out and keeping an eye on the road to make sure that no one comes up on us. All right, no, doesn't seem to be anyone coming at the moment. Finn, do you want so, have, you, have you got anything of use? Um, so I do have uh, mage armor that I can cast, but I believe that's more of a protection than it is a, a, a healing uh, spell. Yes, that's that is right, Finn. That would be more of a protection thing. Uh, you so, could, you guys could roll, uh, for example, nature. You could roll Arcana because, uh, from what you can imagine or what you can see, she seems to be. A creature made of wood with antlers she's probably has some kind of magical element to her you could just straight up roll survival if you uh feel like that would help you maybe maybe she's just dehydrated you don't know let's try and give her a drink of water let's let's try and give her a little sip of water first see if we can revive her that way before we try anything um more dramatic with uh you know bearing in mind none of us is a natural healer let's see if uh the element which brings life as a wise princess once told me um that's a niche reference um let's see if we can <laughs> let's see if we can revive her with that okay yeah that's uh, easily done you got all guys have like a water skin on you with uh water in it you uh uncork yours and kind of bring it up to her lips and as she uh you kind of coax a bit of it into her mouth she does kind of awake with a start and splatter a little bit and her, her eyes, like big, beautiful, almost like amber-like colored eyes, just dart about and stare at you. And she's kind of short of breath and almost trying to pull away a little bit, but just because of sheer surprise that she's managed to get this far out into the uh, the opening. Okay, obviously you want to try and calm her down first. So very gentle, calm where we can, everyone stay low, make sure everyone get, get your hands where we can see them. And just. <laughs> um, We'll speak in in common tongue and just ask her to to relax. It's okay. We're that we're not enemies. She's not in any danger from us. She kind of is darting about and looks at you guys. She's like, oh, uh, "Thank you, thank you." Oh, I just, I, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm just running, and I just felt weak and I fell. Okay, take it easy. Take a little bit more water. We'll hand her some. Take your time. Um, calm down, everyone. Uh, stay alert. Is anyone chasing you? Or what's, tell us what's in your own time. Slowly tell us what's happening. Thank you so much, guys, for listening all the way to the end of our new show preview. 
We hope you got a little taste of what to expect, but trust me, things are only going to get weirder and wilder from here on out. Episode 1 is not only an introduction to a brand new story campaign, but also an introduction to the D&D format as a whole. Remember, some of our brave heroes have never played before, but as you'll find out yourselves, there's nothing to it. Just great stories, great laughs, and with great friends. And we'd love you to be a part of that. To listen to our first full episode, just search Monsters and Madness in your favourite podcasting app or check out the show notes now for a direct link. Tune back each week for a whole new episode to this massive 12-part adventure!